Okay, good morning, everyone. Good to see you all on this February day. Um, We have a special treat for you today. We're going to do something a little different than we normally do. We're going to do things a little differently. Uh, Brenda and I were joking around that we're going to do a Sunday morning talk show. (laughs) And I told her if I'd have thought of it ahead of time, I would have had a little cooking segment. (laughs) You put the debater in, don't burn debater, is what I would have done. Uh, But yes, I want to call up Brenda. Give her a round of applause for coming to share with us today, please. For those of you who don't know or you're listening online, this is Brenda Stone, one of my favorite people. Um, she is a longtime follower of Christ, and um, she's kind of the mama around this place. Amen. Yep, and uh, she is truly loved. Uh, her and her husband, Bruce, have uh, have been here for a few years, but they've been just faithful followers of Christ. And um, just as a background, this is not what we're doing today necessarily, but we have a study going right now, some folks, uh, via online, uh, a book by Ted Decker called The Forgotten Way. Now, Brenda found this. Am I stepping on you? Are we okay? Found this a few years ago. How did you even, do you remember how you found it? Quite by accident. Online yeah. somewhere, and I, I read the review on it, and I thought, well, that sounds kind of interesting. And sure enough, it was a very interesting book. She handed it to me a couple years ago, I would say now, at least a year. And um, it really lines up uncannily well with a lot of the things God speaks in this place through me. In fact, I've actually enjoyed, I've gone through it and I'm going back through it. I've enjoyed sometimes reading things that I've said, (laughs) but I didn't, you know what I mean? Like, in other words, I'm not trying to insert myself. I'm trying to say this. He has the same sort of direction that we have, which is this. Let's go ahead and put church over here. Let's go ahead and put other people over here. And there is a way of following Jesus, whose, of course, original name was Yeshua. There's a way of following Christ Jesus, aside from all that peripheral stuff that is liberating, that is fulfilling, that is freeing, and it is paved with love, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. So Brenda is going to share uh, some of her thoughts or things that she's come across. Just We're going to talk some things out today and see what Holy Spirit has to say. So once again, a round of applause for Brenda for being brave. I was talking to AJ last night, and I said, you know, if we could just talk like we do when we're on the phone or when we're here after church, I said, that would be so much nicer, you know. So we came up with a talk show host thing. And, um, but this book, I, I hate to sound like a broken record because I keep pushing this, but it just ministered to me so much. And and when I get excited about something, I want to share it. So um, I hope the people online that are doing this get the same kind of excitement that I've gotten. But just in in the very beginning, um, he talks a little bit about, uh, like AJ said, about dogma and and, um, doctrine, how sometimes that keeps us from really knowing Christ. We get, my own experience, I got locked up in um, wherever I, whatever body I was with, they had like their own uh, doctrine that you kind of had to fit into that to be accepted. And I realized that I wanted to please God, so I would follow that doctrine. Um, And I always felt like I fell short. Either I was, couldn't reach up to the expectations, or I, and, and I felt like a failure. Or I thought, well, look, I'm doing pretty good here. And look at them over there. I must be much better. So it was like an up and down thing. And um, I realized now that, not that doctrine's wrong, but I don't want to talk about it anymore. (laughs) Because it seems to be that that's what divides Christians. 
And I think God is wanting to work toward unity, even among different bodies, um, to see his purpose. And one of the couple of the things that I pray for all the time, and you can ask the ladies that Thursday morning, I pray for my family. I pray for unity among Christians. I pray for revival, and I pray for our, our leaders, but amongst other things. But um, I just think that we'll see revival and we can get rid of some of that um, our good friend Justin Glover from Emmanuel talks about spine issues and rib issues. And the spine issues are those things that are important. What makes us a Christian? Our beliefs that Jesus came, was born of a virgin, died on the cross for our sins, was resurrected and is returning. Um, those, are the, those are the spine issues. And then there's the rib issues that everybody has their different beliefs in or every individual um, scripture leaves a lot to interpretation. Yeah. And it's not necessarily that we're right or wrong, but is it important, I think, is what I've come to the conclusion that, you know, you can, you can believe that, you know, I'm not saying weird, far-out things, but I have friends who believe you can lose your salvation. I don't believe you can lose your salvation. Is right. it important to divide over? No. Yeah. And, um, but anyway, he... Um, he talks about dogmas and, and how we need to be careful about not being too dogmatic. And this stuck in my head because I have been to the place in the past where I've been very dogmatic about some things and tried to play little Holy Spirit, and I sucked at it. And I probably left a lot of people in my quake who, who could tell you today, yeah, she really sucked at it. But because I was more condemning or more, you know. But um, let's see if I can find this quote here. <clears throat> can I share a thought? Yeah. <clears throat> um, in the essentials, unity. In the non-essentials, liberty, is what Chuck Messler says, freedom. For example, let me just give you some of my thoughts, if you don't mind. I feel like, now see if this makes sense. Okay, so some of our parents, I'm turning 40 this week. So my parents lived in the 60s when, <laughs> listen, let me just tell you something. Jesus himself, the, like focusing on Christ Jesus, didn't really come to America until like the 60s or 70s. Think about that. You had religious churches, absolutely, and I'm not, I'm saying traditional churches. But the, the evangelical movement, um, the you and him thing, the Jesus movement, the hippies brought that to us in the 60s, guys. And so here's what I feel. Now, listen, just look, real quick, listen. I feel as though God has been revealing himself piece by piece to groups of people in a progressive sort of way. Here's what I mean. So all of a sudden, God reveals, he reveals Holy Spirit way back in the day, okay? Way back in the church, okay? We're talking Peter and those guys. Reveals Holy Spirit. And they move it out and they, and they preach it to the world, right? Well, this group really clings on to gifts of the Spirit. And they plant a flag. And they go, gifts of the spirit. And then this other group says, um, not, we're not going to baptize infants. And they go over here and they baptize and they plant their flag. And then God says, well, what about praise and worship, you know, worshiping in the spirit? And this other group goes forward and plants their flag. And as God continues to reveal himself, I feel like a lot of bodies have stayed where they got their thing and not move forward. You get it? 
It says even in the Bible that God is increasing wisdom and revelation. You all have heard things from here, because I have too, that we've never heard before. You want to know why? Because God, as time is revealed, gives more and more of himself. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. But some places, and nobody's condemning anybody, but I am condemning some mindsets. They go, no. Speaking in tongues. Pow. We're not going to move any farther. Then God gives another one, and they just don't move forward. But the kingdom of God is supposed to be moving forward. You get it? So if we're hanging on to any dogmas, like she's saying, not only are we going to hurt each other, but God is moving forward. He's going to reveal new things, greater things, so we can understand him more. But unfortunately, lots of us, getting back to this rib issue or spine issue, they'll be sitting there boxing with each other Well, God's army moves forward and leaves. But they're sitting there fighting over the role of alcohol in people's lives or women in ministry, right? Or even infant baptism, which is a pretty big deal in my opinion. You get what I'm trying to say? But the kingdom of God is moving forward and you're sitting there fighting each other. The last thing I'll say about this, from the outside, the world says we create our firing squads in circles, until every single one of us drops that needs to stop in the kingdom of God if we're going to see unity and that's one of the things that we're on to right now well the one quote that really has stuck out in my mind and I kind of chuckled when I read it because I thought yep that's where I'm at he said I've never met a 60 year old who believes all the same things in every respect that he did when he was 30 Um, (laughs) not one Views on child-rearing or love or judgment or a hundred other issues invariably change. Beliefs change. So let's not be too dogmatic at any age. We might very well be arguing with our future version of our own selves. And I have found myself arguing (laughs) with my past version saying, whoa, did I have that wrong. So, um, but... I'm, I, I, I told AJ I'm not sure I felt like there were things that I could share but yet there was all these random thoughts and I couldn't get them very well organized so that's why we're working together here no that's good um, really what I think is happening is after he says let go of dogma it's to embrace something else am I right, right. and what do you what does he kind of lead us toward embracing and let's say what is it around meditation three or four um Kind of what we yeah. talked about during worship, right? It was kind of talking oh, God's about God's love, yeah, yeah. and, and, and um, you know who our Father really is, and who we are in our Father. Um, and I've heard the Scripture a zillion times about we are seated with Christ Jesus. We are seated in holy places with Christ Jesus, and He's seated at God's right hand. And it, and it, this has really struck me. Not that I've arrived. This is a journey, but I think. Wow, if we could really grasp who we are in Christ, we could have we could be a powerful bunch of people. But instead, we kind of look at ourselves as lowly little worms that don't deserve God's love. Whether or not we don't deserve it, but he gave it to us free of charge. And I don't have to live up to somebody else's doctrine or I can throw all that out and just have relationship with Jesus. Um there's just so much that I I don't even know like I said my thoughts are not real well organized but that's the main the main issue and I think that's something that that God is working on throughout 
the Christian kingdom. Um, Bruce and I have just been involved in a, um, going through, a, it's actually a Christian 12-step program um, that we hope to be able to use. Um, it's called uh, Cel Celebrate Recovery. And uh, Brad and Amber Ingram from uh, Calvary Baptist are, are leading it. And it's, it sounds like it's for alcoholics and addicts, but it's not. It's not just for alcoholics and addicts. We all carry stuff that God never intended us to carry. We all have hurts and wounds. We all have um, junk. My junk might be different than yours, but we all have junk. And this, this program is basically um, to do that deep healing. And, and like in AA, they talk about a higher power. This one names our higher power as Jesus Christ. And he's the one that's going to take those things that have been out of our control and take control of them if we allow it to. And, and I just I look at what's happening in there, um, seeing people set free, uh, you know, even just sitting at the table with other people and hearing their stories. <clears throat> and I think it's the same as what he's saying. God wants us to come to him and lay those burdens down at his feet. And I... And I it's helped me a lot in, in um, not judging people so much. Because when you hear somebody's story, you realize, wow. Because we all have things that have caused us to respond to things in certain ways, or um, we put up walls so people can't get very close to us. And you might think, boy, that person is really stuck up. And then you hear their story, and you think, no, they're guarded. They're hurt and wounded. They can put up a good front, and we all have those hurts and wounds. So I think, in, in my mind, I see things beginning to happen as I pray for a revival in the North Country uh, of that happening. You know, um, God's beginning to pour out his love so that we see um, who we are in him and that we're safe to go to him. And I think as Christians, we need to learn to be that safe haven. So many times I think we've, we've, we're judgmental, you know. Like I said, I was. I, I looked at people and thought, and I still, I haven't arrived. I could still be a little judgmental at times. But, um, you know, I look at people and, and put them down. But then when I hear their story, it's, and, and understand, I think, when you begin to realize the, the love that God has for you and the grace he's given you, in spite of who you are, it's a whole lot easier to give it to somebody else. Can I ask a couple questions while I have you here? Um, so it's great to have a, a feminine voice up here, and I want to take advantage of that. So as we're talking about God's love, one thing I notice, okay, not something I notice, but I want to ask specifically, what are some obstacles you feel like women face specifically when it comes to feeling and embracing God's love. Uh, you know what I mean? I said it was like, sometimes, guys, God's love is like coming out of a matinee theater in full sun. Okay? You're in the dark. You're watching a movie theater. Movie. You come out, and it's just so bright or real. But I'm noticing specifically, I can't really speak to the feminine nature. So, so what is it you think women specifically face when it comes to you know, obstacles to feeling God's love? I don't, I don't think women face the obstacles that men do. I think 
just by nature they're more open to that. Yeah, I agree with that. But um, I think um, my experience in talking with a bunch of women is that they never experienced a father's love. You know, they didn't have a loving father. When I when I feel down or feeling bad, I I close my eyes and I get this picture sometimes of just crawling up into God's lap. I remember as a as a little girl, I one time we were at somebody's house and I was tired and I crawled up on my father's lap and I had my head on his chest and I could hear his voice just rumbling and I fell asleep. It was so comfortable. He had his arm around me and and um, I picture myself doing that with God. But I had a good dad, and so many other women that I know don't. They were abused. They were put down verbally, emotionally, mentally, uh, physically. And I think that really blocks anybody, really. There's men that are in the same position. I think that blocks people from, you know, I have a loving father. How can, you know, my father was not an example. I have no idea what that means. And I think just as we're talking about this, I tend to think, for men, if they didn't, by the way, also neglectful would be there too. Didn't need to be outright abuse right. per se. It could be, I just didn't shower you with the, the affection and lavish you and, and care about and meet you where you were at. That's one thing a lot of men didn't do in the previous generations was go, how was your day? Not from here, but from here. Come here. How was your day? I love you. Do you understand that? And I think what a lot of women deal with is, nice catch up, is, um, Men go outward, I feel, with that. In other words, if I feel like I didn't have that, I do this. I get bigger and stronger, and I don't need that. That's what men do. And you know what I think women do? I think they go inside. Mm -hmm. And then I think that they get the idea other people don't care what they think. I think they, they look at a book like this, Brenda, and they don't think that their thoughts are as valuable or that they don't hear from God as well. And I think that that can be a lot of what is an obstacle from, does that make sense? You get where I'm going with that? And it's not only just, um, you know, talking about our own fathers, but I think the church has kind of promoted that sometimes too. Definitely. You know, we're, sub we're su to be submissive, but we have a wrong idea of what that submission means. Truly. Yeah, that's true. That is absolutely true. The previous church has dealt a lot of wounds. And um, one thing I think you'll notice about this place is we try to definitely have the presence of women up here because it's important. That's half of God right here. She, she's supposed to show half of God, and I'm supposed to show a different half of God. But 50 is 50 is 50 equals 100. That's the bottom line. But anyway, so I want to stick with that thought for a second, if you don't mind. Because I think I do a decent job of... Um, Talking to the masculine side and dealing with those masculine. But what does what do you, what is the path of stepping into God's love? What do you think that looks like for women who were so used to buying the lie that they, they weren't valuable or it didn't matter what they thought? What do you think are some steps toward that? Well, I, I think um, you know, finding the scriptures that that go against that, that that tell you who you are in Christ and concentrating on those to renew your mind um and i think holy spirit has to play a big part in it too just uh i don't know <laughs> well it's kind of like you saying about um celebrate recovery 
the process of Celebrate Recovery, from what I gather, is step-by-step inviting Holy Spirit into those discovered and, wounds. And being able to get to the point where um, you can willingly admit. You know, um, some of the women that I talk to in Celebrate Recovery maybe have been abused, and it was very hard for them to admit that there was this family problem. And coming to that point where you can say, you know, I was abused when I was a kid. Because the enemy wants to keep those lies in darkness. And if you can get to that point where you can say, you know, I have, I have this struggle, um, it shines light on it. And the enemy tends to flee a little faster. Yeah, so I'm going to push a little bit here, if you don't mind. I'm going to do it even if you do mind. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to say this, that a lot of folks struggle... We're talking about stepping into the love of a father, the love of a dad. And he, he reveals in one of the meditations the name of Yeshua and, 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 and the roots of that. I want to push and say this, guys, that in order for us to receive the love of the father and to stand in that metaphorical light that is the beginning of all things in our walk with Christ, I want to jump off what she said, and it's this. One of the things we don't want to do, you guys... All right, this is empty right now, this empty water bottle, so you can put liquid in it. But here's what I've discovered in my own journey, that if this is full of the wrong stuff, the right stuff will not fit in here. And so sometimes, and this is the hard part, and this is what separates victory from not victory, is this. Sometimes looking at your bottle means my dad didn't do the best job, okay? My mom didn't do the best job with me. That person hurt me, and I've got to accept that, and I've got to do what I can do to dump that out so that the love of the Father can fill this. And some of us, our heart rates go up. We start sweating because we don't want to look at that because it hurts, and I get it. Trust me, I get it. But I'll tell you in my own journey, the only way to pour out the wrong, the stuff that's holding us back, is to address it. Jesus says, in me, I'll bring things up, I'll speak to you from the inside, and then you'll know the truth. And when you turn and face the truth, I didn't get what I needed, and it shaped me. That truth can start the process of setting you free. Does anyone feel what I'm saying right now? But listen to me. If you're waiting to want to do it, carve the headstone because you're never going to want to. This is the hard part, you guys, of stepping into the light of God's love. Wouldn't and you say? Sometimes it's not necessarily that people have done things yeah. against us, but sometimes we make wrong choices yeah, sure. and we make a mess of things. And it's hard for us to forgive ourselves. That's the that's a big thing too. I think is being able to forgive ourselves. But in celebrate recovery, there's like a three week period where it's um, an intense. Um, Self-inventory, it's called. And you list, literally list things that have happened in your life that you know that has changed you not in a good way. Or, and you list um, what was done to you and how you responded and what, what you did, what was your part in this wrong. And it, it really gets pretty intense. You know, there's tears, there's... But like AJ said, I think sometimes going through the... The hard things is what brings, I know, going through the hard things is what brings us to victory. And being, I said, there's two, there's two things I think as Christians that it's kind of double-sided is that we need to be honest with one another 
I'm not, I'm not saying go out and blab to everybody your problem, but f find a safe place and, and, and you know, bring up those things that have been hidden. And then we as a body need to be that safe place. You know, it's a two-edged sword there. People don't feel safe because we haven't, and we haven't given a safe environment. Um, you know, you, you tell me your dirt so I can go tell everybody. Right. On the prayer chain, of course. Right, right, <laughs> but, right. You know, it's, it's, um, it's a two-edged sword. I want to bring something up that really mattered to me, just to switch things a little bit as we're rounding the fourth quarter here. He said something in this book. He said, we all know that God commands us to love one another. Yes. And we all know that Jesus, period, point blank, says you forgive 70 times 7, correct? He's not giving you a math equation. He's giving you completion. We know that, correct? Well, does God not love you with the same standard he commands you to love others? That's what that did to me. Because I know that he's telling me to forgive at all times. I know that he's telling me to accept folks, whether that means accepting them close to me or accepting them from afar. That's, that's another thing. But if I'm so to accept other people, God turns, and, and, and Ted says, talks about this, he goes, yeah, okay, okay. So you know God commands you to love others. But you don't think I love you with that same love at least? And, ready? Just in case you weren't already down, I'm going to kick you. You don't think I want you to love you with the same standard I tell you to love others? What are you talking about? And you know what's funny is, I don't even need to look at the crowd or look in the monitor right now to know that that is probably one of our greatest weaknesses. We had a discussion on our on online discussion with oh, one yeah, of the ladies. That she had a hard time accepting that God would love her like that or that she was, I can't remember her exact words, but, um, you know, and, and I, I hate to say too much because I feel like I know my heart and I know I'm still on this journey. I still have those failures, but who are we to say, God, you can't love me like that? When he's saying, I love you and I want you with me, who are we to say, nah, you know, I, you can't love me like that. I know myself. God knows us. He's known us since before time. And he knows all our faults and failures. And he loves us anyway. I, I, I've said different times that raising a family has taught me a lot about God's love. Because kids are, are messy. You know, they're, they're not, you know, they have dirty diapers, they throw food on the floor, they, they get older, they rebel, they sass, they, sometimes they walk right away from you and don't want anything to do with you anymore. But your love for them never stops. It never stops. And if they came back to you, you'd, you'd wrap them in your arms and take them back. And that's the way God is with us. We're, we're to come to him like little children. And that's what AJ said about the, the kids leaving, I think. <laughs> if we could just go to God with that type of innocence that, here I am, God, yeah, you know, yeah, you yeah. want me here. You know, I think yeah. that would be amazing. What a change that would make in our lives. That's what touched my heart about, I know some people online weren't here, but I hugged my son before he goes back. Izzy never waits, she just goes. <laughs> I wanted to hug her. Well, I did hug her today, but anyway. Um, so my kids just, you know, they run everywhere. We talked about that. But um, I got this glimpse of the idea that 
you talked about, you touched on the idea of process of 60 year old, you talking to 30 year old, you or vice versa. And without getting too much into it, I do believe that God who's outside of time, he does still see little five year old, six year old Brenda or AJ. And he sees the openness that we once had to love and to acceptance and expression of self. And what's interesting is God does say, if you want to receive the kingdom, we've got to come as a child. If you want to receive and perceive all that I have for you, that you're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, you got to just break off all that other stuff, pour that other stuff out, and receive me like your kids receive you. But isn't it funny that the older we get, the more jaded we become and the darker we become, you know, and this becomes a very difficult thing to do. And I can imagine as a dad that it's a sad thing. I imagine it's a sad thing for Father God who's like, you can. Listen, I'm right here. Yeah. This is my chest that I want you to I want you to come and I want you to feel my heartbeat. I want you to be wrapped in my arms. I want this for you. But you but you won't come close. You're hesitating. There's things between us. And I think what I'm hearing you say is along your journey, you're realizing that there isn't anything legitimate between us that actually is keeping us from from Father God's love, right? Because Christ took care of all that. And I, I know as a mom, when one of my kids is hurting, that's when I want them the closest to me. That's when I want to take them and try to fix it for them. And it doesn't work when they're adults, but <laughs> they don't want you to fix it. But, um, you know, and I'm sure that's the way God looks at us. When we're hurting, that's when he wants us most to be able to wrap his arms around us. And honestly, let me, let me get ready to close by saying this. When I started talking about, when we started talking about turning and facing some of the things we didn't have or some of the things that were done, the wounds that we all have, I sensed you guys that Holy Spirit is poking on those things. But I want to I I give you this assurance. Anytime we begin this journey, anytime we begin to face the difficult things in our lives, just like you just said, Father God wants to be there when we're hurting. Here's what you will find. And this is a money back guarantee, dude. If you decide to take those steps to emptying this, emptying the thoughts that you're not valuable, emptying the thoughts that you're, you're, you're easy to discard and easy to leave, all these things we're carrying, in that moment, you will find a strength and a power that you could not even anticipate. Do you hear what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To put it in scriptural terms, my grace is enough. That when you step up, I'm waiting right there for you, just like a loving dad, that if you take a step toward me, my comfort will be there. I think when we look at journeys of breaking dogma off or taking a step closer to Jesus, to it's not just everybody else's Jesus anymore that they're singing to at church, it's mine. I think when we look at those journeys, we imagine going through it alone and it being difficult. But the reality is, He promises that if we take that step, it's going to be surrounded and covered by him and his love, right? And sometimes I think he allows us to get to that point um, where we don't feel like we have anybody else but him. You know, and and, um, I know when I was going through the cancer, it was like right at the beginning, I thought, God, you know, I have a lot of support, but yet it's still me that has to walk through all this. And I don't have any place else to go but to you. Um, I remember a walk in my life, <clears throat> and I might have shared this before, that I was depressed and really discouraged. And I was laying on my bed crying, and I thought, God, if this is Christianity, I am done. There's no joy or anything in this. I'm done. 
and I'm going back to the world. And, and it was almost, it wasn't a real audible voice, but it was a strong enough thought that it was almost, and it, it was like he said, go ahead, what you going back to? And I thought, nah, <laughs> now you got me in a trap, you know, <laughs> yeah. because it's true. What did I have back in the world that was, yeah. What's going to take care of you? And it's going to be yeah. worse probably than what oh, I yeah. was feeling at the time. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's one of these things, guys, where, but, okay, I do have to push back a little bit here because I'm feeling some resistance, which is this. Sometimes we get used to the suffering we know, you know, and we stay, and we think, oh, I don't want to walk through the stuff that'll help that light shed on me. It's a kind of security. Yeah. It's your hope. Yeah. It's your security. It can be your house, your family, whatever. You have a security, and I'm in my boat. Mm -hmm. And even if it's sickness sometimes, it's the way I've always been, I'm afraid to step out and do anything different yeah there's a, there's a saying it's you know the devil i know i don't want to get into that but you know what i'm saying like the suffering i know and i'm used to i'm used to feeling unwanted i'm used to feeling like no one's interested in what i have to say i'm used to feeling like I, i'm easily easy to discard i'm used to living that way and uh, we've obviously gone far from where the book is which is feeling like <laughs> what holy spirit was going to do today which is i'm used to these things i'm comfortable here but God's beckoning us saying, just listen, that's a lie. I want you to live in a place where you don't actually suffer with that at all anymore. And just take a step into my love. Because let me give you reality as we get ready to close. This study that we're doing online, okay? God and every other person in the study wants to hear every thought you have about it as much as anyone else. In other words, when you read this book or you have thoughts about God, they're as important as anybody who ever had a thought about God ever. Uh, Bev writing in there, to me, is as fascinating as Billy Graham himself. Right? If Ashley were to write something, a sentence, I like this, it's riveting. That's reality from us, but we believe it's not. Right? Nobody wants to hear what I have to say. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, Brenda's got it figured out. We'll let AJ do the talking. That's church. That's dogma. I've got something you don't have. No, I don't. Maybe a gift to communicate, but I don't have any. I don't have any profound thoughts than anybody else, and neither do you. And sometimes it's what you, the, even the little thing you have to say, may be tremendously encouraging to somebody. Or the one thing I thought through um, celebrate recovery was, as we shared our stories, to sit back and think, "Wow, I'm not the only one." Yeah, me too. I'm not in this boat alone. Or I've had this feeling before. I'm not alone. Everybody has this feeling, and and that's freeing. Because sometimes I think, like you said, we become isolated. We draw in, and we think we're the only one that ever feels this way. Mm -hmm. Where if we're really honest with each other, we're not. Yeah, we all insecure. Everyone <clears throat> in this place undervalued. Yup, been kicked to the curb. Sure. And I think once we start doing that, there is that solidarity. There's the what's the word I'm looking for? Unity. That comes. Listen, we're going to close in a second. I, I get it. Unity doesn't come from strength, you guys. S turn those sports teams things off. Turn the TV off. Unity comes from weakness. Do you understand that? I mean that. 11 people changed the world after Jesus came and then left. 11 people. Cause, of course, because Judah said, 11 people changed the world. But they weren't strong together. They were all weak together. Does that make sense? Hey, Peter, I'm nothing without him. Neither am I. Right? The other thing is fear, too. God is not fear. Um, you know, we, we 
are afraid to step out of the boat because we're afraid, you know, I've been rejected once. I'm not going to step out of that boat and, uh-huh. and put myself out there to be rejected again. And that's where I think as a church we need to be a safe body, a safe place for people. Because mm-hmm. the scripture says perfect love, perfect understanding of love, casts out. What does it mean to cast out? If you've got a room full of people and an authority figure says out now, that it means unequivocally it must go and clear it out. Greg, perfect love eradicates, expels, and destroys all fear. And I think what's holding us back now, as we've talked about to to close here, is our understanding of the perfect love that is resting upon each and every one of us because of what Jesus did. Drug addicts? Yep. Adulterers? Uh Uh-huh. Good people who just, meh? Yep. The love of God is resting upon everyone in Christ Jesus. All we have to do is move toward it, right? Right. And that gets back into sometimes our church dogma or doctrine where God is, you know, if you step over your your hairy little toe over that line, he's going to zap you. You got to do this and this because God's looking and he's going to punish you if you don't. Mm-hmm. And that's not, that's one of those doctrines that needs to go out the window. <laughs> and especially in the face of what Christ Jesus showed us sitting with an adulterous woman, sitting with the Samaritan woman, taking Peter back, staying with David, staying with Saul. We could go on and on and on and on. Everything Jesus did refutes that. Yet every, every week, every Sunday, it gets reiterated. Be good. God will love you. Be good. God will love you. And I don't see that in the Bible at all. I see that God loves us because he's good. And in response to his love, Greg, we are conformed to the image of Christ Jesus. And what did we say before? Nobody's going to be high-fiving each other in heaven. Good job. Good behavior. You missed the whole point if you think that's the truth. The reality is Jesus Christ did it all. He's the one who gets the glory. We step into his acceptance and step into his love. So if you haven't gotten the book already, I encourage you to do so. Uh, There is the study online. And all we're doing is sharing thoughts. Because God will put a thought in you that other people need. And if you decide not to share it, then that, right? Does that make sense? There, there's still a stack of books back there, too. Yeah. Um, and honestly, even without the book, because it wasn't a commercial for the book, it was God is moving in our hearts. No, and he'll say, this is a guide to Jesus. Not, uh-huh. It's not... And then about him at all. He's no. just stripping away the, the garbage that's kept us yeah. from him. But even without the book, guys, I want to challenge you this week to really examine... Uh, what is kind of holding us back as we we face the love of God? What are some of the things where we are drawing back? Because we'll know, and Holy Spirit will walk us through it. Let's sing a song called Endless. Greg, I need you. Um, Can we get a round of applause for Brenda being brave today? She didn't really. And if you're listening online, I want to encourage you as well. Uh, Take inventory this week of any hesitation we have when it comes to the love of the Father.